Hey, thanks so much for joining us for another episode of the Tree of Life Church podcast. It's our prayer that these messages help connect you to the life, love, and power of Jesus. Turn to Ezekiel 47 for me. Wow, this is something that I, I'm, I'm going to attempt to just kind of introduce a little bit to you in the context of the series. We're talking a, taking a series today, starting a series, call it The Next Step. This passage of scripture, I think Pastor Cody even alluded to it um, in his message last week, uh, had rolling around in me probably November, December, and every year it kind of works that way for me. I don't know. I'm getting ready for the new year, and at the end of the year, I'm already, I'm already asking God, okay, God, what? I want to be prepared as we hit January. What's it look like? What are you speaking to us as a church? And, and it doesn't always work this way, and I've said this before. God gave me one word, and the word was threshold. I've, I've shared that with you. If you were in any of the 21 days of prayer, many times on the Saturdays, I prayed that scripture out, this passage out, if you will, uh, still right really strong in me. Today, I'm just going to kind of uh, open up with that for part of that. We'll get to the other half a little bit later in the message today. Um, kind of just put that out there for you a little bit. It'll be a little bit of flavoring throughout where we're going in this series. Uh, and again, I think my title for my series, and I'm terrible at titles, is like, take the next step. And looking back to January, as we do, right, we get ready for the year. Exodus was You've been circling this mountain round and, uh, long enough, around this mountain long enough, turn north, there's some kind of gravitational pull pulling us back to things, and how do we break free from those things? And now we're turning north, and then we did our goal messages. I hope you were here. If not, go back and check it out. Generosity plus opportunity equals destiny. And uh, so just kind of a uh, look at where, we, where we've come from and where we're going as a church. And we talked about destiny being a place. Uh, our destiny is tied together. Our destiny is tied to our mission. And God has put us together. Our destinies are connected. Or if you want to say it this way, our densities, right? right? To all you, uh, well, great. That's just, none of you like back to the future, obviously. And so I uh, like, <laughs> Sometimes I should leave it in my head and not let it come out of my mouth, right? Okay, so uh, I get it, right? Next, next service won't hear that funny joke I just made right there. So, <laughs> And it's just this, uh, this destiny thing, and there's a mission, and I want to launch that out today and for the next several weeks. But let me start right here for you, and I'll take a moment to explain it, and we'll get into the rest of the message. But Ezekiel 47, 1 through 6, actually we'll look through the course of the message 1 through 12. So if you just want to make a side note, Ezekiel 47, 1 through 12, 12, and then you just can spend some time on your own studying that out, and I would encourage you to pray that out, study that out. But here we go, verse one. The man brought me back to the entrance to the temple. Now, this is a vision Ezekiel had, and the man bring an, being an angel of the Lord visited Ezekiel in this vision. So the man brought me back to the entrance of the temple. Let's say it this way for uh, what we're talking about, the house of God, the church. And I saw water coming out from under the threshold of the temple toward the east. Water coming out. Water is a type of the spirit. Uh, a lot of meetings in water. I don't want to spend time on that today, but it's a type of the spirit. It's cleansing. It's purifying. It's empowering. It gives life. Water gives life. So uh, the angel of the Lord brought me to the entrance of the temple or the house of God or the church. And I saw something flowing. I saw life flowing out. The water was coming down, listen to this, the water was coming down from under the south side of the temple out of the altar. And uh, then he brought me to the north gate. And, and verse one talks about coming out from the uh, threshold, the threshold, that's our word. Uh, so let me just paint the picture for you real quick. So there's a threshold. A threshold is not meant, we see it sometimes, a threshold is a boundary. This is okay, I'm just gonna explain a few things that kind of been rolling in my heart, just giving us some vision. So a threshold we see sometimes is a boundary. Don't go beyond that. 
but it's really a beginning in the things of God. And there's a threshold, I believe, that we as a church have entered into in 2023. And this may be weird to you or whatever, but just bear with me. And I believe that it's time for us to take another step, stepping beyond that threshold. And what the scripture here is talking about, there's water coming from within the temple or the church flowing out. Now, I want to point out, it's not like we're calling water from heaven fall down on us. There's already a supply, come on, there's already a supply of God's spirit, a supply of God's presence, a supply of God's power, a supply of God's life that has been already gathered, if you will, and now it needs to go forth past that threshold. We need to take it beyond that boundary that we've been seeing and out past the threshold. So let me say it this way. It's time for us to release what we've been receiving. Come on, somebody. Come on, God's been pouring out. Are you with me? God, God poured out his spirit upon all flesh. The scripture says that. And we, don't, we may sing some songs a certain way, but we're not here talking about, you know, pour it out on me, pour it out. It's like, no, it's there. You have that already within you. And it's time to take a step across this threshold now and into the new things God has and release what God has already provided for you and I. Now, that's us as a church, but that's you as an individual. I want to encourage you, see it both ways in the context of the series. See, your role and the thresholds you need to step beyond in your personal walk with the Lord and what he's already been given to you to release that. Because here's the principle, is when you release, you receive more. And when you receive, you release. But if you want to withhold it, that's what you get. Enjoy that. Because it's a biblical principle, amen? You release what you receive and God provides more. And I just want to encourage you, I have this sense within me as a church that we're stepping into a place of stepping over the next threshold, if you will, and releasing in a greater measure all the amazing things we've been receiving from God. I'm not asking from God to receive any more from him. Can I say it that way? It sounds funny. What are you talking about? I'm like, I'm asking God to give me better ways to release what I've already received. And I think that's important for you and I to lock in our hearts if God has called you here. Let me keep going through the passage. But he brought me out through the north gate, led me around the outside of the outer gate facing east. Facing east, it's interesting when the temples were built back in the day, they all faced face east. And east was where the dr- desert, desolate, dry place, low place was. In fact, if you were to study it geographically, the east from where the temple was built, it faced out east. It was going into the wilderness, the desolate places, the Bible describes it, and it came to the Dead Sea. We'll see in the second half of this passage when we get into it later in the the scripture, and the Dead Sea is the Dead Sea because it's the lowest place on earth. You realize that, right? It's 1,300 feet below sea level. My wife and I have been there twice, and yes, we floated in it in the salt, right, or whatever it was, and you literally sit there like you're sitting in a chair, but you're just sitting in the water, but it's the lowest place on planet. So understand the picture. Uh, There's a releasing of what has been received and it's been directed to the dry, desolate, lowest places. There's a bigger amen coming, I thought for sure. I've just waited a dramatic pause for you to jump in with me right there. It's like... Uh, so there's a, there, there's a sense I have of, of Tree of Life, and if you call this place home, and if you're a visitor, it's a great time to be here. By the way, you'll hear heart and vision, but uh, it's time for us to turn northward, and now, and now we're going to take that next step. We're going we're gonna to challenge you. We're going to challenge ourselves as a church to step beyond that threshold of where we found comfort, perhaps, or even maybe a little bit of a boundary, and we're going to release in a greater measure. In fact, the Bible says that there, it began with a trickle. It said the water was trickling from the south gate. Let me keep reading. Uh, the outside the gate, uh, as a man went eastward with uh, 
Oh, can we go back? Let's go back one. Can we go back to two? He then brought me through the north gate and led me around the outside to the outer gate facing east. And the water was trickling from the south side. Interesting how the water was a trickle until it crossed the threshold and then it became a wide, mighty river. Do you realize that when you release what you've received from God, it increases? And it increases exponentially. Come on, somebody. It increases exponentially. And so when we release as a church and we're willing to take that next step, what do you have for me, God? What are you asking me to do as a person here of Tree of Life? What are you asking Tree of Life Church to do? We take that next step in a dry and thirsty world where death abounds, if you will, the dead places, when we release what we've received, it increases exponentially. And not just for our benefit, there's benefit for us, but really so we can fulfill the mission God has put us on. Okay, let's keep going. I need to keep going. As a man went eastward with a measuring line in his hand, he measured a thousand cubits, led me through the water that was ankle deep. So there's a, there's a place. If I could say it this way, there's a threshold, ankle deep. He measured off another thousand cubits and led me through the water that was knee deep. Okay, another threshold. He measured me another thousand, led me to waist deep water. Okay, another threshold. Now here's where we're going on our journey, because it's a journey, right? It's a it's progressing, progressing. He measured off another thousand, but now it was a river so big that I could not cross because the water had risen and was deep enough to swim in, a river no one could cross. And he asked me, son of man, do you see this? And I stopped right there, and we'll pick this up in a minute, but do you see this? Do you see this? Do you, do you see what's before you? So let me say it this way. You stepped across the threshold. It was a trickle. It increased. Now, now there's another threshold. Are you going to be comfortable with where you're at? Some of you are, are at an ankle, if you will, deep. And then you, there's another threshold. You step across that one, then it's knee deep. You're getting a little bit more into the things of God. You're pressing in a little bit more. You're understanding him a little bit more. And you take the next step and you're waist deep. And you're saying, I want more of you, God. I'm, I'm, I'm doing the things you've asked me to do. I'm, I'm serving. I'm giving. I'm praying. I'm, I'm reaching out and then you get to the point where you step that next threshold and you're in over your head, meaning you no longer are in control. God's in control. And it's in that place where you can't reach the side, you can't reach the bottom, meaning you don't have control of where you are. It's in that immersion. It's in that complete trust in God that now your eyes are open to see everything before you, to see the impact you can have in the desolate places, to see the dead things that can come alive through you through your releasing what you've received as an individual and as a church in your life and the lives of other people. And that's where we want to go, amen? We want to crawl wherever you're at. We want to, whatever threshold, that's great. There's not like, oh, you should be further. No, 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 it doesn't matter. Don't think about that. doesn't matter where you should be. We all should be further along. Come on. But where are you? And then are you willing to step across whatever threshold that is to get to the place where you're just completely trusting in God? Then your eyes are opened. Do you see this? And now we're going to see what he's seeing in a minute. He's looking ahead to what's in front, not what's behind. So what's next? Take the next step. And I want to share that with you, and we'll get to the second half of this passage. And I want you to study that out, pray that out on your own. But I want to say this. Every one of us is somewhere on a spiritual journey. Every single one of us somewhere. You may not have a relationship necessarily as we would deem, you know, being saved or whatever, have you want to term that this morning, but you can before you leave today. You may be a new believer. You may have been walking with the Lord your whole life. Every one of us is somewhere on a spiritual journey. And God has made it clear that our lives are spiritual journeys all throughout scripture. And let's take a look at this scripture, Proverbs 29, 18, 29, 18. I'm going to do some teaching today, 29.18, uh, and I want you to look at this in the King James Version. 
Uh, let's take a look. Actually, I got three versions of it I want you to look at because there's something in each one I want to pull out. And here's the scripture it says, where there is no vision, the people perish, but he that keepeth the law, happy is he. Where there is no vision, people perish. Going back to our, our previous passage of scripture we talked about, now do you see it? Meaning that you got to be on this journey and keep crossing thresholds that seemingly are barriers to you or boundaries to you, but really are beginnings to the new, right? Come on. And then you get to that place. Now, now the vision is coming clear because now you're totally trusting on God. I, I don't have my, my, my feet where I can control my depth or my hands where I can control my, I'm totally trusting. I'm all in. Vision comes. So, so in the original language, I want you to know this word here in the, uh, um, if you could go back again to the King James Version, where there is no vision, that word vision right there in the original language uh, that the Old Testament was written in, uh, Hebrew was the word kazon. And uh, kazon. And if you heard kazon, it's because you're hungry. <laughs> it's, like, uh, it's not kazon. I'm hungry. <laughs> and uh, get some brisket. And uh, so it's kazon, which means, literally means, uh, um, it means revelation or passion or dream. So let's look at it this way. If you don't have a clarity to your journey, to what you're pursuing, the people perish. Now, not physically, necessarily. I guess ultimately that could be the case. But your emotions perish. Your relationships perish. Your motivation perishes. Your dreams perish. That's why you need a vision or a revelation for your life. Okay, Proverbs 28, I mean, sorry, 29, 18 NIV, the NIV. Now, this is the one I usually read and teach out of more, uh, but the NIV says this, where there is no revelation, instead of the word vision, where there's no revelation, people cast off restraint, but blessed is the one who heeds wisdom's instruction. People cast off restraint. Can I just say, does that not describe our world today? There's no restraint. And you know why that is? There's no vision. Or the vision is wrong. The vision is of themselves, and not of others, which is what God's vision is for us to reach others, right? So we'll talk about that, but no, no restraint. People cast off no restraint. You'll live a crazy, chaotic life. If your life is crazy and chaotic, maybe it's not a crazy, chaotic problem. Maybe it's a vision problem. Maybe there's a threshold in the things of God you need to take the next step in. And so it, it, it talks about casting off restraint. Um, it's kind of like, who cares how I live then? What does it matter? You, you heard the term YOLO, right? You only live once. But can I say it's YOLT, Y-O-L-T? You only live twice. Because when this life is over, the real life begins in heaven, and you stand before God. <laughs> now listen to me. Now, so some of you clapping right now are going to stop right in a second, right? <laughs> because you stand before God, and you're accountable for everything you did on the planet. So you don't want to live a life without restraint when you got to stand before God, right? I mean, you're in heaven. Praise the Lord for that. But then everything else, your rewards and everything else is tied to how you stewarded your life in line with his will, his way. So, hey, you, you only live twice. But let's keep in mind, it's more important about the second one. In fact, uh, and, and the fact of what we're going to receive. So how you live your life sets you up for the second one. And you can cast off restraint. And a lot of people do because you'll have cast off restraint in their marriage, cast off restraint in their family, cast off restraint in their job, their relationships, their dreams. Physically, emotionally, financially, people cast off restraint when they have no vision or revelation. Uh, most, most people try and do when they're living a life like this, when things are chaotic, and the outer order is they try to not cast off restraint. 
Come on, we've all been there. Well, I'm just not going to do that anymore. Well, good luck to you. Right? How's that working for you? I mean, because your willpower is not enough. That's why you need God's power. God's power is greater than your willpower. And as much as you're going to try not to cast off restraint, it is difficult. For some, sometimes we come here and we know we haven't been as good as we should be. And we've all been there. We come to church and we say, I'm going to try and be a better person. It doesn't work that way. You don't fix it by trying to stop something. You fix it by having something in your life bigger and better than all the things you're doing right now. And so that's how it works. Okay, let me give you the last one. Proverbs 29, 18, message paraphrase, which means it's not a translation. They've just worded it in a way that it's easier for people to understand. So the message paraphrase uh, says this. Let me read it for you. If people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. But when they attend to what he reveals, they are most blessed. I love how this ends. And I'm going to explain it to you in just a second. But if you don't know where you're going, you stumble all over yourself. And then it says, but when you do what God's will is, you are most blessed, most blessed. Now that word blessed is, is, a, is not a real good translation, English translation of what the original language is. So sometimes there's just not a good English word that fits what the original language is. And so this is one of those places. So it says bless. Uh, it might say in your translation, it might say happy, but the better meaning than the original language is more about joy that there, you are more blessed, you have more joy. Not like a, a happy, ha, 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 this is great, the you know, joyful moment. It's more of a fulfillment. It's more of those empty, dry places are now filled with contentment. That's literally the picture that it has. So when you follow the vision that God has for your life, you find the fulfillment and contentment we all long for. The joy meaning that those dry, empty places within me are now filled filled with fulfillment and contentment. Every place I'm depleted or empty, it now is filled or fulfilled. And really, it's, it's this fulfillment that we all are pursuing, right? That, that we want, that we long for. As Psalm 1611, New Living Translation says this, you will show me the way of life, granting me the joy, keep in mind what we just discussed, the word joy is in the Old Testament, of your presence, the fulfillment of your presence You will show me the path of life, the way of life, and I will find the joy, the fulfillment. You realize that the fulfillment is on the path of God? (laughs) Amen, right? The full figure. Come on, guys. I mean, I know I was out last week. Come on, we're just going to get Pastor Cody back up here again. Then that's obviously what you want. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) But the fulfillment, the contentment, those dry, empty places that you find now filled with God which brings no regret, no remorse, filled with God, are found on the path of God, the vision that God has for you. And that's amazing to me because I have a path and I want God to fulfill me on it. And he says, no, 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 fulfillment in me is only found on my path, on my vision for your life. And that's why some of us can't seem to find that joy. It's not because of our circumstances, it's because of our path. And the sooner we'll realize that and recognize it and make the adjustment, then the sooner that fulfillment and that joy will come and we'll stop seeking everything else that will always still leave you empty and dry. And so we have to understand what is the path for my life. We have to understand what is God, what is the vision? What is God saying to me? What does God have for me? He has a path for your life. And joy doesn't, let me say this, joy doesn't come just by coming to church. And that pains me to say that. But I got to tell you the truth. Joy comes from being on the path of God. 
Because it goes on to say on the path of God, the joy of his presence. His presence is in his path. The presence isn't in the program. The presence isn't in the project. The presence is in the path of God. And let me say this. So, so when you come to church, it's not, you don't, it's not where you find joy in a sense. You find his presence. Can I say it this way? Your path that God has for you will always include church. Come on, that was a big shout. Stand to your feet. Wave the white hanky. Staff, where are you? <laughs> You're leaving me. <laughs> now, and it's probably more frequent than we're going right now, right? <laughs> but listen, you can come and find the presence of God in church, right? But you may not always find fulfillment. Ooh. Where's fulfillment? Being on the path? That is just part of the path. But so Monday, come on, Tuesday, Wednesday, am I advocating for every day of the week church? Absolutely. No, I'm just kidding. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, right? So you can find the presence of God, and we have, and we do, and it's in us, and we bring it in this moment. But listen, it's the path that has a presence. So you don't come for a moment, if you will, in the presence of God, and then go your own path Monday. Oh, come on, I'm preaching hard. I'm working for it today, people. Come on. <laughs> Thank you. God bless you. Free brisket for you. All right. <laughs> it's on your path today. That's all I'm saying. Until you're full. Uh, I, I, I hope we get this idea. It's stepping across that threshold wherever you are. Take that next step into the things of God. Take that next step. Don't be content where you are. Follow the path that God has for you, and everything then becomes fulfilling and opens up. And it's, it, it's it, here's, I'm going to say this, and I, I'm going to say this with all the love I can. What's frustrating in myself because I don't always follow that path. I mean, I'm a human like you. What's frustrating in myself, what's frustrating as a pastor is that I see that a lot of us are not walking in the things, all the things that Jesus paid for. I mean, Jesus didn't die just to, I mean, Jesus died not just to get you into heaven, but to provide a full content life. We'll look in the scripture just saying, to provide life to the full to provide a path where you find fulfillment and contentment because you find his presence there. So some of us are bouncing around and wandering all over and Jesus died for not, not for you to do all that, but for you to be on the path that brings that fulfillment in your life and then comes out as a release to other people, which is part of our mission. Jesus died for a whole lot more than you or I are walking in, right? And we just got to keep going on for it. Want all that he has, amen? John 10, 10. I got to watch my time. John 10, 10. Uh, it says it this way. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. We know that. He, he's coming to destroy your marriage, destroy your life, steal from your joy, steal your peace, steal whatever he can. But Jesus says, I've come that they may have life and life to the full. Now, Jesus is talking about now full, content life. And where is that found? on his path, right? <laughs> I'm just going to pray for a second service to just bring it today. I don't know. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just teasing. It's found on his path. He came so you could stay on his path. He came so you could find his path. He came so you could, even if you wander straight a little bit, you can get back. He, he, came, he came so you could be on that path that brings fulfillment as he intended life. Life to the full is only found on his path. 
And so we have to understand that because listen, I have a lot of paths I'd like to walk that I think are pretty great. <laughs> but if they're not what he has for me, they're not, I won't find fulfillment. And we don't need to say that because we've all been there, right? We've all been there. And so we have to make sure. God has made it clear that he has a plan for our life cover to cover. He expresses that in different ways. It's said a lot of different ways. And here's what I know today. People aren't here just to grow churches or what they would consider religious organizations or institutions, but people want to know God, right? Can, can I say it this way? Even, I'm a pastor, yeah, but, but I'm not here just to grow a church. I'm here to press into the things of God in a greater measure. I'm not trying to get bodies and seats so I can grow this church. I'm trying to get people to know God better so they know God's path for their life, so they can find that joy and fulfillment and that peace that only comes that way. And then they can release what they've received into this dry and desolate world. Taking that next step on that path. Where are you on the path? Are you ankle deep? Are you on the other side of the threshold? Ankle deep, knee deep, waist deep. Where are you on that path? And then you, gotta re you release that as you go. I, I, I'm not here just to grow an organization or institution. I'm here to help people know God better. And you, let me say it this way. That is everybody's journey. I don't care where, they may not know God. They may be the farthest from God. They may be the biggest atheist in the world, but you realize God created mankind in his image. So he put inside of every living being a desire to find him or find his path. So even the greatest, biggest atheist out there has that still in him or her, them, and they may find substitutes and all kinds of things. And I don't mean know him with our head knowledge. I mean, know him relationally, right? This isn't about religion. It's about relationship. It's about with your heart and your feelings and your emotion like a close friend. And the greatest revelation people can ever get is Jesus is not a religion, but a relationship. See, we're here, again, not to build a church or an organization. We're here to be in a real, deep, powerful, meaningful relationship with the very true, real, alive, loving God who loves us very much. And even though he knows what you did yesterday, he still loves you. Knowing what you did yesterday, knowing what you've been thinking about, he still loves you. And it's not what we're to press into. And then we got to take that step. And people want not just to know God, but they want to be free. We're not just trying to build a whole bunch of numbers or whatever, however you want to say that. We want people to know God, and then we want people to live in freedom. But you have to know God before you can find your freedom. And so you have to take that step, and you have to get to that place where real, you know where real freedom is? When you can't touch the bottom and you can't touch the sides. And then everything opens up. We'll get there in a minute. That's where the real freedom is. Free from your past, free from your hangups, free from your shame, free from your secrets, from your habits, from your addictions. That part of you that you know if it wasn't in your life, your life would be better. And people tried to find it in a lot of things. But the Bible says, not in your notes, I don't believe, but in John 8, 36, if the sun sets you free, you will be free indeed. Do you realize, we all realize, there's a lot of great things out there that help us with our struggles, with our challenges, and it could be mental health issues, it could be overcoming addiction, it could be you know, depression and all those, I'm not knocking any of that. And I'm like, God, we'll use all that to help you, but you realize you can look and find and search and apply and engage in all kinds of things, but it's not gonna set you free. 
Not real freedom, unless you add Jesus into the equation, right? So he who the Son, Jesus, sets free is free indeed. All those other things help, but you still cannot eliminate the Son from the equation. And let me say this. People need the truth. The Son sets free will be free indeed. He's come to set us free. Can I, can I say this with Easter coming? And you're gonna hear me every week, five weeks out, right? Five more weeks from, five more Sundays. Easter coming, we have got to be praying for, planning, strategizing for all the people we know that don't know Jesus to get them in a place where they can hear the truth for the son can set them free, amen? And so we're gonna be, we're gonna be on you, come on. Seek out, the, find those people, pray for those people. We're gonna be working together to do that. And so we got to step across the threshold to know God, step across the threshold to find our freedom wherever we are on this journey. Now, Ezekiel 47, 7 through 12, let me finish this out. I won't spend time today explaining all this. You can just listen. It kind of explains itself a little bit. But here's where we've come across the threshold. It began as a trickle. We're releasing what we've received. We're determined to take that next step in God wherever you are on the journey, cross those thresholds to get to the place where you're in freedom, and now you're not controlling your own place with your feet, with your hands, if you'll get the analogy and being over our head. And now he says, remember in verse six, he said, now do you see when you get to that moment? And it says this, when I arrived, it called over to the, basically it was called over to the side of the bank. And when I arrived there, I saw a great number of trees on each, a great number of trees on each side of the river. Now remember the river was flowing to dry, desolate, barren land. But now, because stepping over the threshold, releasing what we've received, the next threshold, the next threshold, through the eye of faith, we can see what our mission is. So there's trees planted on every side of the river, just as trees planted, meaning life has come to the dry places. Life has come now to the dead places. And he said to me, this water flows towards the eastern region, goes into the Arabah, where it enters the Dead Sea. When it empties into the sea, listen to this, the salty water there becomes fresh. Life confronts death. When the life of God confronts death, it wins. Come on. Swarms of living creatures will live wherever the river flows. There'll be large numbers of fish because this water flows there, because this water flows there, because someone stepped across the threshold, released what they've been receiving, stepped across the threshold of knowing God in a greater capacity, stepped across the threshold of finding greater freedom where I'm no longer in control. And now because of that, this water flows there and makes the salt water fresh. So where the river flows, everything will live. And listen, I'm not just talking about a church and the things that we're doing here and around the world. I'm talking about in your own life. Where are the dry, desolate, barren, dead places in your life and in your relationships? If you'll step across that threshold to know him in a greater capacity, you step across and find a greater sense of freedom and release. It may start as a trickle, but if you're willing to release what you've already received from him, it'll turn into a mighty river. And those dry, dead places in your life, in your marriage, in your family, come on, in your body, Body, in your mind and your finances will come alive. That's the path. That's the path. Fishermen will stand along the shore from the Engedi to the Englame. There will be places for spreading nets. The fish will be of many kinds, like the fish of the Mediterranean Sea. For everybody, I love that the fish of many kinds, diversity, everybody. But the swamps and the marshes will not become fresh, for they'll be left to salt. Or someplace, some people will just resist. 
Fruit trees, now we had all trees, we just had a bunch of trees, meaning life was coming to the dead places, now we're getting more specific. Fruit trees of all kind will grow on both banks of the river, their leaves will not wither, nor will the fruit fail. Every month they'll bear fruit because the water from the sanctuary flows to them. Because the water flows, someone's received it and someone's released it, stepping across the threshold from the sanctuary flows to them. Their fruit will serve for food and their leaves for healing. Man, I love that. Now I love every scripture has to do with trees. Tree of life. But this one is amazing. You were created to be a difference maker. You were created to release what you've received from Jesus. Depending on where you are on your journey, whatever you've received, you, you, have to, you have to take that next step. Stay on the path. Step into knowing him better. Step across the threshold of the knowledge that you currently have relationally of God. Step across that threshold. Step across that into a greater freedom than you're currently experiencing. See, a threshold is, a, is not a barrier or a boundary to you. It's a beginning place. It's a beginning point. And when you step across that place, staying on the path and releasing it, it's where you find the freedom and the answers that you need for life, and you become a difference maker. Okay, here's the point. Some have been looking for your whole, for your life to mean more than it currently does. And I would say today, take the next step then. Take the next step then. You'll never find it on your own until you're living your life in such a way that your life is making a difference. And not a difference just for now, but a difference for eternity, eternal purposes. And let me just, let me get on my soapbox for just a moment. I'm I'm gonna push it all the way to the end for sure because we have communion. Uh, And I don't mean this about this church and I don't mean it, I'm not thinking of any other church, but my observation as a pastor and been a lot of places and a lot of meetings here recently, in fact, here's what I see today because of what's happening in our culture, because of what's happening around about us, our society, the church, they say, is in decline. And when I talk to other pastors, my wife and I have been at some pastors' meetings with gatherings and stuff and some different groups and stuff that we're in. The church is in decline, so they say. And I believe it's because the church has lost its mission. It's lost its path. Other things have come in, distracted them, gotten off the path where they find fulfillment. Even a church can do that. People, pastors, churches can do that. I believe the church has lost its courage. I believe the church has lost its faith. I believe the church has lost its power. But I don't believe this church has. I don't believe that at all. In fact, we're gonna get into some of that in the coming weeks. We're gonna get into some of that because we wanna make sure we are on the path, we are taking the next step on the path that God has for us and making a difference. We need to find our courage, our faith, our power, and we need to get back to our mission and the purpose of making a difference. If not, the church and the church has as a whole, the church can become irrelevant or just another gathering or religious club. And because of the trends that I see and the people that I talk to, I believe today that many churches are in survival mode. They just wanna stop the bleeding. So they're trying to hang on to everything. Or if they feel like things are declining, then they're just gonna do for them. And that's sad, because we're not here for us. that's, That's the great, that's the best way to shrivel up and die. Just be about you. I read an article just, I guess it was last night or this morning, a World War II veteran, 103 years old. They interviewed him. He, he, was in, he was in one of those B-52 bombers and it was flying over Germany and dropping bombs and he survived the war. He, he got shot down, but he became a POW and got out of all that. And he's 103 years old. And when he was 101, 
they interviewed him. It's like, how did you, how, what do you attribute to your longevity to? He goes, I've never lived my life for myself. World War II veteran, 103 years old, at 101, I've never lived my life for myself. We need to make sure that we are on mission. See, there's a gravitational pull to exist just for us. And I hear it and see it all the time. I talk to people all the time and, and, and they're commenting and talking about what they want, what they want, what they want. This may be what you want. It may not be what you want. I believe it's what God wants. And God's gonna bring you and put you in that place. But if you're looking for something for you, enjoy the journey. But if you're looking to make a difference and be a part of a, a mission that's greater than ourselves and be a part of a church that I believe is on a path to fulfill the call and purposes of God and you can find your destiny there, that this is a great place. We're on a mission, we have an assignment. And I would say this, growth is not an option if heaven and hell are real, and they are. And we're here to reach the lost. Uh, John 17, 18, Jesus said in the message, in the same way that you gave me a mission in the world, I give them a mission. Jesus' prayer in John 17. He said, God, in the same way, I'm giving a mission to my church. I want my church to be on mission. I'm reminded of Jesus when he was 12 years old. Mary and Joseph and Jesus were in Jerusalem and then, and then they were leaving to go back home to their home. And Mary and Joseph got on down the road and it was nighttime as they were camping. They realized Jesus wasn't with them. Can you imagine that? It's like, you lost Jesus. Would you like to be the person that lost Jesus, right? It's like, I don't know. I don't know. I thought you had him. I thought you had him. I don't know, but let's not tell God. He already knows. They go back to Jerusalem, they find him in the synagogue and what is he doing? He's reading the scrolls and he says, I came to do my father's business. I'm on mission. Jesus was on mission even up to the cross. The last words out of his mouth, it is finished. What was finished? That part of his mission. And now what he did is empowered the church. He empowered the believers now because you and I become Jesus on the planet, if you will. The church collectively and then you and I individually beyond mission. I want, to, I want to end with this last story. I, I heard, I've heard this told before. I've always wanted to share it, and I believe this is the right time. And I've heard another pastor tell it, another pastor tell it. It just bounced around over the years. And it was about a dog track in Florida. And I, I've never been to a dog race. I never care to be. And I've seen horse races on uh, TV and stuff. And I understand you race a horse, you ride, a jockey rides a horse, right? A jockey's driving that horse, kicking it, come on, giddy up or whatever, y'all, let's go, whipping it maybe, I don't know. But I've seen them, they're racing down the track and, and, and the jockey's there driving that horse. But you know, in a dog race, there's no one riding the dog. So what they have is on the inside of the track, they have a rail, like a, like a, a, a railroad or not a railroad, but you know, a rail that goes around and they put a mechanical rabbit on it and they turn the rabbit loose and the dogs then now have a purpose. They're focused on that rabbit and they're running down the track. Well, in this one Florida dog track several years ago, all of a sudden around the first corner, the malfunction, malfunctions and the rabbit just blows up. It just blows up. I mean, fur everywhere, metal parts flying everywhere. And they said that what happened was the dogs just kind of came to this place and, and some dogs just stopped. And then they just laid down and took a nap. They just laid down right there on the track. Some dogs were confused and they just ran through over the rail and, and injured themselves. And some dogs just sat and looked at the crowd and started howling and barking at everybody in the crowd. And this, as the story was told, it was this picture of, what a great picture of humanity. If you don't have a focus for your life, you'll take a nap or sleep all day. You'll hurt yourself or you'll bark at everyone else. We have a purpose to chase. Where are you at? 
Take the next step then. If you're on the other side of the threshold, it's time to take that step through the threshold. If you're ankle deep, it's time to take that next step into knee deep. If you're knee deep, it's time to take that step into waist deep. If you're waist deep, it's time to take that step into where you find that absolute freedom. Where are you? But you need to have a purpose. We'll talk about that a little bit next week. I wanna encourage you this morning. Our, our purpose is never things. Real fulfillment doesn't come from the accumulation of things. It comes from knowing you're making a difference. In fact, had a opportunities last couple of weeks to sit and talk with some people and ask their asking questions. I want to tell me about your church and all that kind of stuff. And I found myself talking about, you know, we started in 81, I was 13. And I remember walking into a house, right? Just a living room in the very first meeting. And, and then I remember over time, a very short period of time, we went from the living room to the Holiday Inn, which is now like a Vivo thing or something like that. And we went to the Holiday Inn banquet rooms for a little bit of time. We outgrew that. So we went to Carl Schurz Elementary here in town and we were in the cafeteria for a very long time, it seemed like, and we outgrew that. We went to the motorcycle shop, which if you don't know, is right across the street from the Adobe and next to the Dairy, Dairy Queen. I'm not sure like what it is right now, a salon maybe or something like that. And then we went from there out to Loop 337. How many started coming to tree when you were in Loop 337? Come on, there you go. Got a bunch of hands up there. We were out there for a while. Then in 2005, we moved out here. And I thought about, wow, look at this place. And you know, tonight we have Lisa Turkers tonight. We have every ticket sold. Well, we have just a few more tickets. In fact, I think we have 25 tickets left, but just that many shy of the 1,200. We have 1,200 seats in here for tonight. All the things that's gonna happen, all the things that we're able to do. And I thought, man, that's awesome and that's great. But I thought, that's not what's most important. It's the people. If you go read a plaque, you'll see my dad, the founding pastor out there, and he talks about the measure of a great church. It's not its property. It's not its prosperity. It's not its programs. It's not its pastor. It's the people. We are on mission to release what we've received from God to make a difference in this world. God is a good and faithful God, amen. Thanks again for joining us this week. We pray that this message encouraged and inspired you. If you wanna find out how you can be a part of Tree of Life, just go to our website, treeoflifechurch.org. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and share it with a friend. 